We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Steve Fry. Steve is the co-founder of a number of businesses, including two that have made Inc. 500 and Inc. 5000 lists. Today, Steve spends lots of time doing matchmaking within organizations that generally want to grow and increase collaboration with um, the team of experts that they have on their staff, specifically in e-commerce and um, SharePoint and digital marketing. Steve serves on a number of boards where he gets to be up and close uh, working with nonprofits. He's traveled to over 70 countries and loves traveling with his wife, Jan. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Laurie. Good to be here. I'm excited for this conversation because, well, we're in a very similar space, aren't we? We are indeed. <laughs> so are why don't indeed. you tell us a little bit about your company and what exactly um, it is that you do and, and introduce the company in general because that, that sure. was in your bio. You bet. So our, <clears throat> we have a couple of companies, but they're all under the banner of Spindustry. And we're based in Des Moines, Iowa, in the suburbs of Des Moines, Iowa. And we do really two major things. The first would be large scale web application development. And as a part of that would be uh, replacement parts e-commerce. We do a lot of that. Um, in fact, when we, I just checked uh, the other day, we were about $82 million last month in online sales for our clients that are selling replacement parts. Uh, we do some equipment, but replacement parts is a, a niche that we've landed on. And then the other side of our business is uh, Microsoft Office 365. And in as a part of uh, that platform, uh, we do a lot of work with SharePoint, Teams, Power BI, and some other uh, tools within that suite to, to move businesses to the cloud. And, and that, uh, as people are working more and more remotely, that is a, a platform that uh, is very busy for us and, and serves our clients well. As you mentioned, we also have a marketing team that supports everything that we do, both our own marketing as well as our clients who are driving opportunities to their websites and certainly to those e-commerce stores that I mentioned. That's a, a, lot, of, a lot of different business opportunities in front of you. So um, how did you get into this space? And, and tell us a little bit about your background. Well, <clears throat> it started... Uh, about 35 years ago. And when I first got out of school, I went to work for an insurance company. And and then I moved to uh, Iowa back in 1990 and was involved uh, for a number of years with an exporting business. We sold firefighting and safety equipment that was manufactured in the United States, but all of our clients were international. And I, for a, a, a number of years, covered Asia Pacific. So from Japan down to Australia and then back west to India and got to do a lot of traveling. And that was back in the day when we didn't have email and we didn't have, uh, you know, we, we didn't have the ability to communicate like we do do today. And so I can remember everything was in paper, and that's back when a phone call from Indonesia to Iowa would be $10, $12 a minute, and people would call us, and we were trying to run around finding documents to be able to answer questions, and it was just a crazy time. And then in, in 1998, 
2006, we started a new company. I, I met a guy when I was working in a product fulfillment business named Michael Bird. He's my business partner. And uh, he helped us in the exporting business to automate everything that we were doing. And he just did a wonderful job. And he was entrepreneurial. And my business partner and I and that other business decided to, you know, let's start a new business. And never in our wildest dreams did we believe that or have any expectation that that business would grow into three businesses that today are what they are. And it's been a fun ride and uh, wouldn't, wouldn't really change anything for the most part. We've, we've, had, we've had a great experience those last 24 years. That's awesome. What a great timeline and experience and just evolution of, yeah. of business that you've seen. So that being said, um, you, you've seen how the internet has changed things already, but where do you see the future of business going today? Well, it's very interesting. So I, in, my, in my business career, I have seen incredible change. Uh, I remember when, when I was early in my career, the fax machine became a prominent feature in most offices. And that was a revolutionary tool that you could actually send something, a piece of paper from, from one office to another. It was just you know, something that was unheard of. Today, obviously, that's a distant memory. And we do so many things that we couldn't even have thought of. 30 years ago, even 10 years ago, we do things today we, we wouldn't have thought of. And I think looking forward, it only gets more, there's more change. And, and I often think about this. I think there will be careers that people do 10 years from now that don't exist today. I know a lot of people uh, are involved in social media work today. Well, if you go back maybe, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, that's really when that all started and there was nobody working in social media. And today that's a big, big business. And I think people, the other thing I think will happen, Lori, is that I think people will do different jobs. And because there'll be such a demand for people, it will be possible to, to take retirement, which today we stick at the end of our lives after we've saved up enough money to retire. I believe that what will happen is that people will do a job and then be able to take a, a sabbatical. And that might be for several months or could even be for several years. And they'll go travel, they'll go do some other things, and then they'll come back and learn a new skill for some type of, of uh, work that doesn't, we can't even imagine what that is today. But I'm talking, you know, 20 years from now, you may do a job, you may go away for six months and travel, you may come back, learn a new skill over the course of, you know, a few months or a year, and then you'll do that job for a few years, and then that cycle will repeat over and over again. And I believe strongly that's, that's the way our working world will, will, will change. And it's largely because there's such a demand for a work-life balance that didn't exist when I first started working. And I, I think it's great. I think it's great too. I'm ready for that to be happening yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's coming. It's coming. It is. And I, I you know, as you're saying that it, to some extent, I, we see that with the gig economy that's in place right now, mm -hmm. where um, a lot of people want to have that structured, um, they want to own their work life schedule basically. Right. And have that flexibility that you couldn't, I couldn't have imagined that just a short while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. So, Steve, the goal of my show is to help alleviate any fear that someone might have um, around that word networking and, and to give um, positive experiences around that. So can you share with our listeners your most successful or one of your favorite networking stories that you've had? I would be happy to because I have a good one. Uh, I, in Des Moines, we have something that's, I think, a little unique uh, in the country, and that is we have what are called breakfast clubs. And in these breakfast clubs, we meet, sometimes they're, they're once a week and sometimes they're maybe once a month or a couple of times a month. And so I, one of the ones that I have belonged to for several years now 
uh, meets twice a month. And this is going back about, oh, I'm going to say 10 years. Um, one, one morning after we had our bi-monthly breakfast, one of the members that I had just met, I knew of him but didn't really know him very well, came up to me and we were chatting. And he said, you know, Steve, I think I have a client for you. And I said, great, that sounds wonderful. Please tell me about it, you know, and I'd be happy to, to follow up. And he said, well, I have a, a client of mine who's a hog farmer in northwestern Iowa. And I looked at him and I said, Jim, do you know what I do? And he <laughs> laughed and he said, you know, I, I think you'd be surprised. And, and I, I thought, oh, I, I don't know how we're going to help a hog farmer in northwest Iowa. But I will tell you, in the 10 years since between that relationship and a couple of other, uh, three or four other relationships, this same gentleman has referred me to uh, and networked with me to find these opportunities. I'm, I'm going to say we've done at least a couple of million dollars worth of business for those clients. And it's all because I joined that breakfast club. And had I not done that, I would have never met this guy and none of that work would exist today. So it's totally um, by chance. And, you know, it's lucky, of course, but if you don't put yourself into good positions, you know, luck can't happen. So, um, and the reason why it worked, by the way, is it's a very large hog operation, multi, um, multi, many, many millions of dollars, uh, probably a couple hundred million dollars worth of, of organizational size. And they needed a lot of work and a lot of technical um, platforming where they were, were man, man, managing a whole series of tasks related to these. I think they had about 20 different hog farm operation or hog farm locations. Mm -hmm. And when you're raising animals like that, uh, if something goes wrong, or if there's a problem with the water or the sewage or the temperature or, or th those sorts of things, disease is a real problem. Mm -hmm. And you can lose a whole barn full of animals, and that's that's a very expensive loss. So managing those expectations with online software that we built has been a, a real win for them, and it, it has for us as well. So that that's a, a unique story that I still can remember standing there when he told me I have a, a client that you should – you should talk to. And I remember thinking, there is no way you understand what we do if that's who you're referring me to. And he was so right. He was so right. Yeah. And it's kind of the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Absolutely right. <laughs> that's a great story. Thanks for sharing it. So as a, a global traveler who's met a ton of people in throughout your professional and personal career, how do you stay in, in front of and best nurture these relationships that you've created? Well, that's something that I think a lot about because it is really how I've grown our, you know, d done my part to grow our business. And so one of the things that I do and I, we, our business follows the, the traction program or entrepreneurial operating system EOS. Mm -hmm. And so I have month or quarterly rocks. And, and I think almost always one of my rocks is that I have to meet with at least one influencer a week for lunch. <clears throat> and I've done that for a long, long time. And so that's certainly something I do. And sometimes it's not lunch. Sometimes it's a beer or what have you. And sometimes it's two or three people in a week. Um, I also will sometimes bring people in for lunch, bring them a box lunch and just showcase some of the things that we do so they can have a better, under, better understanding of what our organization does to serve clients and companies. Um, the other thing is I've just started a, a leads group. I identified a, a high caliber banker, uh, insurance expert, uh, and a CPA who is very connected to business in the world I serve. And we've just, this is uh, fairly early on, but it's exciting. We just had our, one of our uh, second or third meeting where we sat around the table over lunch and walked through a, probably a hundred different companies. And it was surprising how many of those 
companies, for at least one of those uh, companies, there was somebody in our group that was aware or had a contact or a connection. And so that was, that was a, a really good thing uh, for me. The other thing I do is I send out a, a monthly e-newsletter that's a private email just to my group of influencers. And I don't know what the number is, but it's a, a good, good chunk of people. But it's just a I, I always put just two things, two points in there that I want to let them know. And it's just a way to keep us, you know, keep our business front of mind for those, for those folks as they go. Because I know people get busy and they'll say, oh, sure, I'll think of you always. But I know that life gets in the way. And so just that gentle reminder once a month is, uh, has been a good, a good fit for me. And I feel like that's not overwhelming them. Well, that's great. I love that. I think um, the nurturing, one of the things that uh, really jumped out at me is that you've identified who your influencers are or your, your, I always like to think of it as like a hub and spoke strategy. And it sounds like it's your hubs Um, and that you've really invested a lot of time to nurturing that. So you're being very strategic about the individuals that you're staying in front of. Yeah, you really have to. Although sometimes just like my story a while ago about the hog farming operation, you, you can't judge a book by its cover and you'll never, you never know meeting anybody can lead you know, somebody's brother, grandmother, sister-in-law, brother-in-law can be somebody that could be of great value to me in, in a relationship. So I, I don't usually say no to anybody that wants to have lunch with me. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Well, I think that the key there is just always be looking for ways to get connected and involved. <clears throat> and And so places that you might do that would be uh, business associations. There's a there's a lot of associations for every business. There's there's multiple associations that serve uh, the different facets of of an industry. There's also nonprofits. You mentioned uh, my representation mm-hmm. on a couple of boards. Being involved in boards is certainly a, a good opportunity to, to network with people. Um, we have something in Iowa, which I'm sure is common in every other state, but we have leadership programs. There's there's community leadership programs and we have a statewide leadership program and it's great to be able to get connected with people on a, on a broader network across every industry. Um, breakfast clubs I mentioned. And then the other thing I do personally is I play golf. So I belong to a country club and I play golf and I get to meet a lot of people that way. Um, and there's nothing better than, you know, spending four hours playing golf with somebody to get to know them and then have a beer afterwards. And, you know, that's a great way to get connected and, you know, otherwise people might not ever be able to, you might not ever get a meeting with somebody, but I've had the chance to golf with some, some people that are pretty cool and have helped me out a lot. I love that. You've got quite the diverse, uh, setup to offer people to really grow their network. And I'm definitely an advocate of getting involved in, in boards and, um, you know, aligning yourself with various leaders in, in the community. Nicely done. Yeah, you just, Lori, you really, what you have to do is you just have to map it out and then <clears throat> set up a time to focus on it each week. You know, if you just spend a few minutes reaching out to somebody, you can make this, it's not hard, it's just diligence and repetitive effort. And you'll, over time, it's like anything, in the beginning, it seems like it's not going very fast. But if you do that over and over and over, week after week, year after year, um, <clears throat> after, you've, after you've worked a number of years, you'll have a, a pretty sizable network. Nice. So, Steve, I'm really interested in how you're going to answer this question because of the, the world you're in, what you do professionally, what your business does is all digital. Um, but a lot of the conversation we've had has been really that traditional networking. So between digital networking and traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? 
Yeah, it's that's a great question. And the answer is I can't differentiate the two. They're, they're both equally important in my world. And I'm one of the oldest people in the office. Um, so I do things from a traditional standpoint, like handwritten thank you notes that nobody else that does anymore. I still think they're important. <clears throat> and I get good feedback from those. So I do those sorts of things. And I do, you know, use the phone and I do go to lunch and I talk about you know, networking. And, and I try to give people when I go, by the way, when I go to do a networking lunch, it's sure, I'm going to share a little bit about what our business does. But it's often, how can I help you get connected to somebody else? Because if I take care and, and help you match make to an opportunity, long term, I know you'll think of me when the time is right. Um, <clears throat> I'm certainly involved, you know, in, in the digital space as well. And, you know, with tools like Facebook and LinkedIn, um, those are the two I predominantly use. It's just amazing how you can keep track of what people are doing, where they are, what they're doing, um, and check out prospects and keep an eye on clients and so forth. It's, just, it's an amazing thing. Um, but I would, I, I would, I cannot, I wouldn't want to give up either one of them. And so I'm going to say both are equally important in my world. Yeah, I, I am. Well, I agree with you 100 percent on on both on everything that you said. I, I think that's great. Um, and especially in today's day and age, digital is um, extremely important uh, when when the world is forcing you to not connect in the traditional sense. Um, so if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Hmm. Well, I try to be a person that doesn't have a lot of regrets. Uh, not that I wouldn't change a few things probably here and there, but in general, I don't have a lot of regrets. So I, you know, one of the things I, you know, I tried to mimic when I was first starting out working and even, you know, when I was in high school, I started, I started working when I was, I had my first job was when I was 10 years old, picking raspberries. And on another day, I can tell you about how I got fired on my first day from my first job. It's a funny story, but I won't tell you today. That's next time. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, I've worked at a paper route and all these things. And I think I always mimicked the best people in the business that I was associated with. And so when you talk about networking, it's just getting to know people and not being afraid to ask for a mentor or to ask how do you do things? How have you, you know, how, ask successful people, how have you gotten to where you are? And they're always willing to help you, particularly when you're young, you know, and when you're young or, or you're starting a new job or you're in some new space within your current job, people like to help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And so look for opportunities, get involved, jump in, even when you don't know anybody or you're, you're uncomfortable, that's okay. People, people, everybody's been there. Just get out there and do it. And so I, the only thing I think I would tell myself is to just do more. I, I think I did a good number, a, you know, a good amount of that type of thing, but just continue, continually do more and more all the time. That's great. I love that. That's a great answer. Um, and it's, it's inspiring and motivating me a little bit. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to throw the microphone at you a little bit and give you the opportunity to interview me. So what's something you'd like to ask me? Well, I've gotten to know you over the last several years, and you know, we're part of a group together, a group of agency owners, and everybody loves you because you are passionate and smart and full of excitement and hope about the future. So I'm curious, from your perspective, what do you see um, the future of your world in terms of serving clients in the world of the internet? What, how do you think things will be different five years from now or 25 years from now? Oh, five years. Interesting question. Five years. Um, that's an interest. It is an interesting question. I think, you know, video is really powerful right now. And <coughs> excuse me, I think there's a lot of opportunity with 
um, augmented reality and virtual reality and and just as far as the technology uh, and how that advances. Um, we've focused heavily on the B2B space just as you do in your business. And a trend I've observed over the last maybe seven or eight years is that anything that's happening and powerful on the consumer side digitally eventually evolves into the business side in about four to five years. So, you know, voice is really big right now um, with the Amazon Alexa and Siri. And I, I'm curious how that's going to evolve into the business space. Um, as far as 25 years, I'm, I have no idea. <laughs> Technology is, mm -hmm. is scary and exciting all at the same time. It's hard to really say where things are. And it's interesting, you know, you spoke a little bit about, um, you know, 10 years from now, we don't know what jobs are going to be available. And there's definitely a lot of truth to that. You know, Lori, just like we laugh about the fax machine of 35 years ago, I think <clears throat> 25 years from now, they'll laugh that we of the things we're doing today because we'll do things so, so differently in the future. And it'll be exciting to see how that all shakes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing right now is very much what, uh, you know, was it Star Trek predicted the iPad yep. and the Google right. Glass and all these other advances. Right. So um, I guess just look at, watch the sci-fi shows and, and see what they're doing. <laughs> uh, I'm still amazed I can drive down the, down the highway as a passenger, of course, and I have my phone in my hand and I can answer any question you ask me. I can Google it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be connected to anything. I don't have to stop. I can just, I can answer anything. I can get any information you want from thin air. I still think that's just incredible. Yeah, it is. It's mind-blowing. It really is. Great question. Any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, um, I guess the when I think about networking, and I mentioned this briefly a little while ago, and that is if you will approach networking with the idea that you're trying to, to give more than you are to get, you'll end up getting plenty. It's just like when you give Christmas presents. I, know, I don't know about you, but I think for most people, it's more fun to give than to, to receive sometimes. And I think that same thing is true for networking. I Just today, as an example, I just, it's ironic, but this is something I often do. I know I have two business contacts that don't know each other, but they both could help each other out. Um, and so I put them together and with no, I have no expectation of of anything and, and, you know, in return and that's fine. But, and it's interesting because they found out they were, they're fraternity brothers, not in the same chapter, but in different schools, but they have a connection there. Um, and I think it sounds like they're going to be able to help the one, the one company is going to be able to serve the other. And I, you know, I know that down the road, they'll, they'll remember me fondly for connecting them. And someday when the time is right, they'll reach out to me and connect me with somebody or they'll, they'll send me some business that, uh, and, and because I can help them out at the right time. So, you know, do those sorts of things and you'll, you'll, you'll be fine and it'll all work out. I love it. it, it definitely a fan of, of giving. It's better to give than to receive. I think that's, that's the motto that we all live by. So nicely stated. Um, Steve, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Well, emails is by far the easiest. It's sfry at spindustry.com. And I'll be happy to respond to anybody that has a question or comment. Fantastic. And we will include that information in our show notes. Thank you well, Lori, so much. Lori, 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 one thing. You can also visit our website at spindustry.com just to make sure I've said that. We'll include that in there as well. Perfect. 
Perfect. All right. Thank Fantastic. You. Thank you so much for being hey, on the show. I enjoyed it a lot, Laura. You have a great day. Thank you. You as well. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Steve Fry for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.